Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez, joined by Eric Caruvino. What's happening, y'all? And Ivan Ocampo. Hello. On this episode of the podcast, we always smoke a cigar. This time we're all smoking the same cigar. Not unusual. But it is, is this the first time that anybody, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the first time Anybody has publicly, for public consumption... Yeah, I would say so. ...smoked this thing. So you may be familiar with the Cigar Smoking World Championship. Uh, we had Jason Lois on, uh, who, um, fair to say, he represented the United States of America yeah. at the World Championships. Indeed um, he did. So you can go back into the archives or search CigarSnobMag.com for Jason Lois if you want all of the, the nitty-gritty details on that, but the Cliff's Notes version is that this is a uh, competitive smoking event in which the idea is that everybody smokes the same cigar and the idea is to smoke it slowly. So whoever is the last to finish the cigar without having to relight the cigar wins this competition. I forget what the world record numbers were, but it was somewhere in like the three and four and five hour range. Crazy. It's completely insane, especially when you look at the size of this cigar. And they're not particularly big cigars, exactly. So uh, in this case, we have in our uh, in our possession, uh, what do you have, five of them? We're smoking three? Yep. Of this upcoming World Championships uh, official cigar, which is made by Rocky Patel. Yeah, it's the first time uh, that the competition will be using a Rocky Patel cigar. So right, so, uh, so we'll, we have our hands on it, and and what we have here doesn't even have the. It's a like a printed, uh, you know, right. laser printer label. It's not even like the real label. Yeah, uh, it was a sample that was given that that was given to me at the factory last week or sorry, very, week before last. Very old laser printer. Very old laser printer, not exactly the level of quality you want. This printer has been but, in, the, in the Patel family for a long time. <laughs> yes. But it's official size and weight. Right. Yes, that it is. What that else? Is. Do you know anything else from when you were handed the cigars? I know nothing about it. Uh, honestly, don't know the blend. Uh, you know, the only thing I know is the Vitola is Marevas, which is the the Vitola that the Cigar Smoking World Championship is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything else about it. I spoke a little with Dave Bullock, and I was wondering if they if they put like again in my own common sense, I would think that you would put like a little bit stiffer like core to it to maybe like you mean like hold. more ligero more ligero is what i said mm. yeah and he said yes he thinks they do do it so I don't and know it help that's... it burn slower maybe yeah interesting so, so the previous cigar smoking world championship cigar was made by macanudo right so for a number of years that was the the cigar now that was the inspirado i believe or at least one yeah, year i don't know if it was the actual inspirado or a cigar that specifically was made for that the difference is macanudo never did other Vitolas or other sizes of that same cigar. Not only that, but they never even marketed the cigar from the Cigar Smoking World Championships, which I think is kind of crazy. You have this cigar that's being used in this global event, uh, and yet you don't sell it. And I, and I guess maybe part of the reasoning was we don't want guys to practice with it. Okay. But but I don't know. I think I do want guys to practice with it. Yeah, if you want to, you know, better those uh, world record times of and all course. the rest of that. All, all of the, all of those things. Mm. So not only that, but you sell a ton more cigars to the guys who are competing. Right, right, right. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, this whole thing is a business endeavor. It's not. Sure. A, yeah. So um, it's not for the love of the sport. You you don't know that some people may be doing it for the love of the game. Yeah. You know, you miss a hundred percent of the cigars you don't smoke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I want I want that in a t-shirt. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, the the point of all of that explanation is that we will be doing our own mini version of the cigar smoking world championship. This is specific to the world of this office. Yeah. Uh, so There's four walls. Do you want to explain our uh, decided the last minute rules for this version for our yeah we literally did just make this up right before starting to record this so uh instead of using matches because we don't uh have a whole lot of matches around here we're going to use a soft flame lighter Mm -hmm. all three of us have cut our cigars uh we are going to smoke the cigar as slow as possible without letting it go out if your cigar goes out you are out understood understood now, you can relight it just for the purposes of talking about flavor notes and whatever, but you're out of the com- uh, competition. Okay. Hmm. So, uh, so yeah, and then at the end of the podcast, once we stop recording, or uh, right before we stop recording, we say, okay, that's it. And we Where are we at? A, we and, crown a champion. And we measure who has smoked the least. The least. Of their cigar. And how, how do we, maybe we just, everybody ashes and then we stand them up on the head at the same time, whoever's cigar is tallest wins. I, I, I mean, I everybody guess just does one of these. You could do that. I guess that's a good way to do it. All right. That's how we'll do it. Yeah. A new rule has been decided. Super yeah, official. I, super, I, I, super. I just don't. I think we started the... looking for a, a ruler. Oh, we, I got one of my desks. Oh, no, but okay. I like the punk like measurement. Punk. Everybody punk. All right. All right. That's I think that maybe uh, if they're listening, that's an idea. <laughs> everybody has to get their cigars and punk them. Well, no, not really, because in the. In the competition, it's... Right. Yeah. Like last man standing kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Okay, so... Uh, Got our ground rules. Those are the ground rules. We will start this competition after this word from episode sponsor, Gru Estate. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense plantation-grown Matafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willy Herrera, and presented in five Vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. All right, and we're back. Everybody's got their World Championship Cigar by Rocky Patel. Uh, Not the name of a brand, don't go looking for it. Uh, in hand, along with our soft flame lighters. Yeah, Ivan is Ivan, stretching. <laughs> Ivan is doing some serious stretching here. Yep. Oh, man. that Wow, you are ready. You are so much more prepared than I am. Uh, are we doing like a three, two, one? Everybody clicks? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. Three, two, one. It's time! How much time do we have for this? Do we want to give ourselves like a certain amount of time? Isn't you the, know what? The official rule is like everybody has a certain amount of time to get their thing lit, right? And then they're not allowed to pick up their lighter again? Or are we so just going to... Once gonna... your cigar is lit, just go. I Because you also don't want it to burn sideways. You don't want it to turn off on you, so... Get hot, baby. Get hot without me smoking you. That it, This is great radio. Okay, so I am evenly lit. As am I. Ivan, how you doing? Bank. Bank. <laughs> All right, nobody's allowed to pick up their lighters. For a while. I'm at a severe disadvantage because I usually do more talking oh, than anybody else here. Excuses so, already. I know. I'm already coming with the excuses. So uh, we've already been over what we're smoking on this episode. So we'll revisit it in a little bit so we can talk about what we're tasting and all yeah. that. Uh, it's a nice start. It is a nice start, yeah. And and there was like some nice uh, 
pre-lit aroma on there. It was good. I'd, I'd be interested to know whether this is based on a particular Rocky blend. Um, in any case, uh, let's get into the uh, the meat of the podcast. We recently... Let's do it. Um, at the beginning of January, released our top 25 list. But since then, we've been putting out uh, interview episodes of the podcast. Haven't actually gotten around to talking about that list on this show. So, what do you guys want to talk about? Do we start with Cigar of the Year, or do we want to kind of like just, you know, talk well, process? I, I think since, since so much time has gone by since uh, we released it, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'd rather talk a little bit about uh, the number one, right? Yeah. Uh, hung out with uh, with George, Orlando, Rudy, and the crew in Nicaragua. Great time with those guys. They were super excited about their their number one. That had a Our conversation had a very LeBron James... Uh, sort of, it's about damn time feel to it at first. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, we've been uh, we've been making pretty good cigars for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you finally, you and your crew finally came around to, uh, you know, to giving us a number one spot. So that was fun. Uh, but no, they were they were very very happy. I'm sorry if I sound slightly preoccupied, but I don't want my cigar to go out. That's true. So while you're taking a couple of puffs, right. I'll note that the uh, the cigar specifically that we gave that number one spot to was the Padron 1964 Anniversary Maduro in the Exclusivo format, which is a five and a half by 50, retails for $12.30, uh, which is sort of like a, a staple Padron. Absolutely. And uh, what I've been hearing nonstop, you know, I mean, from when we made that announcement, Till just last week at TPE in Las Vegas, uh, was you know what a well deserved number one. Like everyone, just like you know what that cigar never fails. It's Ivan like, like, <laughs> is like hiding his strategy. I, I like this maneuver that Ivan's been doing. Ivan has been like rocking his yeah. rocking his cigar like a baby, <laughs> lulling it to sleep. <laughs> I think he might burp this Rocky any minute now. You know, there are things that you're not supposed to do. I don't know if rocking is on their official like rules list, but there are things that people do to cheat during these things. Oh, I'm not cheating. I know, I know. Well, okay. well, okay. I'm, I don't know that I know that because in your world, if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win. So, uh, but yeah, there are things like I remember. Jason talking about people, as they say, pumping their cigars, literally like squeezing it, huh. which I thought was kind of weird. Pumping, but huh? uh, but yeah, he says that there's a thing. I'm sure that he's listening right now going, you retards, I told you all about this. Why can't you get it right? But uh, yeah, there are things that you're not supposed to do. I don't know if Ivan's rocking maneuver is uh, Ivan has allowed gone, or not. Ivan's gone lower with the cut, I think, than the rest of us, too. He always does. Yeah, but what I think you, you lower. But I think oh, I cut more of the. You went, yeah, yeah, but I think you're I also did. like you're winning right now. I think. Yeah, I did it on purpose. Hmm. Interesting. I'm more concerned about it going off than going out. Smoke, going out than yeah. smoking it fast. Yeah, yeah. So, do we want to talk about the rest of the top five at least? Yeah, yeah. yeah why not? Well, uh, yeah, and number two happens to be a, a Rocky Patel. That's right. Rocky, Rocky right. Patel aged, limited, and rare in the six by fifty two Toro format. One thing to note: it is the. ALR second edition, right, uh, and so, which is the box pressed one with the really pretty rose gold label. What a fantastic cigar! From 
from the first day we smoked it, it was like, oof, this may be my favorite Rocky. And we've we've said that before. But that particular cigar, holy crap, it was good. It was nice. I smoked Super one. Super chocolatey, uh, uh, really delicious. Smoked one uh, during the Super Bowl. So, oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Well, I think you and I were both here, Ivan, uh, when uh, Jose came by, and that was the first time either of us had Jose had Jose Morel, the salesman. Correct, yeah. Um, or and Hollywood Jose. Hollywood Jose's. Jose, yeah. And Dave Bullock. And Dave Bullock. Um, but uh, but when, when they came in, I think they were both saying that, as far as they were concerned, this was the best Rocky that there had ever been. Um, so, you know, that's a, a subjective thing, but at least, you know, I, I think we effectively ended up agreeing with them because this is the highest they've ever placed on this top 25 ranking. Yep. So, uh, and, and similar to Padron, also in their highest ever spot, Espinosa. With That's true. Las Seis Provincias MTZ in the also 6x52 Toro format. Um, so Las Seis Provincias, this is uh, the second in the Las Seis Provincias uh, lineup. The first was the LHB, which... Uh, had a limited, they both have limited edition variants, but it's the same cigar. There's sort of a point of a little bit of confusion, no? Yeah, it was. A lot of people said, wait a minute, I thought you guys don't uh, do not do limiteds in your top 25. Right. And, and, and go ahead, so. So, yeah, so the story is that both of those cigars had a limited edition box. And so there was a, a limited number of, uh, I guess, 25 count that were packaged in special boxes. In the first case, it was that swinging box. It was sort of like on a... It was on a hinged swing, and so you could sort of swing it around. And this one uh, with the MTZ, I think we all thought was one of the more beautiful uh, packaging things that we'd ever seen in, in cigars. Even though it, it looks a little bit like, it looks more handmade than a lot of things that you think Correct. are like, oh, look at that, how impressive. But that was kind of part of the charm of the box, right? It, it sort of added to that old Cuba yep. feel. It was unique. Uh, it was unique. It was beautiful. And it... It just it looked like you were like looking at something made in old Havana, uh, you know, in the nineteen forties or something. It was really beautiful. I loved it. Yeah. So the and box, they personalized ours. Right. So the so the box had um, it, it opens up from the middle uh, as if it were uh, old shutter windows, and then the top of it had this uh, individually painted stained glass pattern, which I know they customized for a lot of people. And then I think the the for I don't know for sale or for retail. There were still like a lot of variations on that pattern because I still think that each one was was hand painted in that uh, sort of like semi oval stained glass area over the window. And so again, to reiterate, so that box that you're talking about is the limited component. Correct. The cigar itself can be refilled on the shelves of the store, unlimited. Right. So it's a regular production. Exactly. Uh, which is why it was allowed to be in our top twenty-five. Uh, coming in at number four, Ramon Ayones by A.J. Fernandez. That's in the 6x52 Toro. Uh, and this was the highest ranking A.J. on this list. But A.J., as in past years, a lot of uh, A.J. made cigars yeah. on the top 25 list. Is well, including good? the one just before it, the Espinosa, is actually made right. by A.J. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, talk a little bit about... Uh, not just about that cigar, but we, we saw AJ recently in, in Nicaragua when we were visiting at Tele. Um, it, it seems like there's always new stuff to talk about. Oh, man, are you out? I'm out. I've been puffing Oof. and I'm out. Oh, wow. Out it's of the game. Down the two. And then there were two. I'm out. Can't believe it. But you are so far ahead of me right now. Should I be, I'm going to do the You're going to do yeah. the. You're I'm going to rock yeah. this baby for a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to rock this baby. 
I'm getting scared though because I, I don't want it to go out. I still see it smoking. I'm gonna relight. Let me see the cut that you put on the end. Mm. See, that's what I was afraid of. That's why I went heavy cut. At this point, my strategy is to smoke at a somewhat normal pace and hope you go out. Just because of how slow you're going. But you look like you got a lot of smoke. Well, you're good. At, we should you we should send Ivan to compete. In Do this. I get to wear a tux can... at this thing? Yeah, you have to wear a tux. Oh my god, tremenda pinta. How about if you Rocking compete in a, tux, in a tux, but tux. it's like a cigar snub tux? <laughs> with a t-shirt. With <laughs> the t-shirt tux. A cigar snub tux t-shirt. <laughs> Listen, with Rocky now involved, we can totally make that happen now. Oh, that'd be great. Um, so Ramon Ayones, we saw uh, AJ in Esteli pretty recently. Uh, pretty cool stuff. We've talked about it a bit on the podcast, but talk a little bit more, you know, both of you, about just uh, this seemingly endless year of AJ. Yeah, again, you know, we've talked about it in the past. Uh, ah, this is the year of AJ, this is the year of AJ. You know, I don't know, three, four years later, we're still like, this is the year of AJ. Uh, the guy is making uh, incredible cigars at a uh, at a, a crazy pace, right? Like, they, he's grown his operation so much, but he's done it so well, and his attention to detail is so profound that, uh, hey, action over there. Uh, that uh, you can't you can't help but be happy happy for the guy. He works so damn hard and uh, pays so much attention to every part of the process. As both of you are rocking your cigars in a very disturbing manner, uh, so yeah, the guy the guy's just impressive. You know, we got we got the the Espinosa, we got his uh, his own uh, Ramon Ayones. Uh, there's several others on the top twenty five. So. Yeah, the guy is uh, really impressed, and he's not slowing down one bit, and he's young enough and healthy enough that I, you know, I can see this going on for years and years and years. For sure. So uh, we'll round out this top five conversation with the Oliva Serie V Maduro Especial coming in at number five at, in the 5 by 54 double Robusto format. Uh, Oliva is a company that <clears throat> if you are a subscriber or you come across the magazine, this January issue includes a lengthy story about some big changes at Oliva. Um, and, uh, that's, that's worth picking up. But on this cigar specifically, uh, let's make sure that people understand this is, um, Oliva and V are things that people see a lot of in this, uh, on this top 25 list. And yet it always tends to be a different entrant right the oliva v melanio maduro has been on the list so has the core melanio i think so has the v in this case we're talking about the v maduro especial correct and i think the especial is almost in there it feels like it's in there to draw a distinction like to make sure there's less confusion right yeah there's no melanio maduro especial so let's throw in an extra word to correct just to not uh, limit confusion right 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 but it was also it was also a cigar that was uh, a limited edition uh, not too long ago, mm-hmm. and and I guess you know people asked for it so much and and loved it so much that they turned it into a, a full line of its own. So yeah, that cigar is also fantastic. Uh, kind of like the Padron, where you just you don't run into a bad one. Uh, and so <clears throat> love that cigar. I mean, we're just we're huge fans of Oliva, right? Uh, their their level of quality and consistency. Uh, is really top-notch. Absolutely. So uh, we will 
leave the top 25 discussion there. But if you want to see what else is on the top 25 list, you can go to cigarsnobmag.com slash top 25. That's the number two and the number five. And uh, let us know at Cigar Snob Mag. We should have made that like extra confusing, like cigarsnobmag.com slash top 25. And you got to spell it out. Oh, that's good. Uh, but yeah, let us know on Twitter, on Facebook, and an email. Uh, feedback at cigars <clears throat> at cigarsnobmag.com. Uh, what your thoughts are on that list and how much of it you've smoked through. That's one thing that I'm always curious about is, you know, when people come across that list, how much of it are they, are they thinking, oh, I want to smoke that, I want to smoke that, or I did smoke that and I agree or disagree or whatever. Um, so, you know, whether you have your opinions because you've smoked it or you want to use it as a buying guide, let us know what your thoughts are on that list. Uh, moving on to other stuff, Puro Sabor. Who was it that went to Puro Sabor this year? Uh, Yami and I. You and Yami. I believe. So yes. how, uh, how'd that go? Oh, it was awesome. You know, so... Puro, Puro, yeah, is the yeah they, the... Took a, they took a break, right, with all the uh, instability in Nicaragua going on, uh, all the protests and all the stuff that was happening. They didn't do uh, the festival in 2019. And so now 2020, things are calm. Uh, things are looking up in the country. Everything was safe. Uh, and the festival was great. It was maybe half the size in terms of number of, of uh, attendees as it was uh, the, the 2018 one, but but it was excellent, really well run, everything everything went smooth, the food was great, the cigars were awesome. Uh, you know, one of the things I love about Puro Sabor that I think you don't get at other ones is the level of access, like you get to really sit down with Steve Saka or George Padron or AJ or Nestor Andre Plasencia, and those guys are, they're, they're among you, right, and Jonathan Drew, and they, they work the room and they're hanging out and having a good time. Whereas I think in, in maybe other festivals, uh, you know, maybe they're, they're so much bigger and there's so many more people that it's hard to get to the guy. But in this festival, I thought that worked really well. And um, it, was, it was fantastic, right? Just really had a good time. Uh, the, the level of quality of the cigars that you're getting at that festival is amazing. So... Really recommend it to anyone who's on the fence or maybe this year thought, oh, I don't know, you know, things maybe not be safe in, in Nicaragua right now. Oh, my God, I, I was, I, I was, my sister and I were there a couple of days before the festival and we were just hanging around, taking cabs everywhere. No, there was no concern. Yeah. How, how is the consumer turnout? Like I said, it was about half the number of people that there were in previous years. However, I'm glad you said consumer, although there were half the number of uh, of attendees to the festival, I think that the percentage of actual end consumers was higher than other years. I think the people who maybe didn't uh, pull the trigger and go were, were maybe retailers that normally would go just to have fun with their with their consumers. And I, th- I saw less retailers, but I saw a lot more consumers. So I thought that was great. There was people from all over the world at this thing. So really well done. Hats off to to Puro Sabor and uh, and all of the organizers and the and the companies that are involved in it. I'm sure a lot of the cigars were were great cigars, uh, but was there anything sort of unique or some event exclusive or something a little more rare that you don't see a lot of that, that you were able to smoke over there? Yeah, uh, well, you know, uh, Drew Estate uh, gave out some some cigars that you that are just not available elsewhere, like uh, like some 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 unicorn kind of cigars, right? Where you have a a combination of of uh, and don't get don't quote me 100 percent on this, but something along the lines of a undercrown blend 
with an undercrown shade wrapper or vice versa or what's happening here with the cigars? I don't oh. know if I want to ash this. I haven't Sorry, brought I'm, I'm the like ash between, within like a half inch of the ashtray. Like, should I ash it or mm. not? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, there, there were some there were some cigars that that you wouldn't be able to get elsewhere. Um, but I don't think that's the big thing there. Oh my god, I'm out. You're out. Boom. No. Yeah, you're out. No, no, you're still no. You you can do this. He's oh, out. Oh man. Ivan is out. Oh, fuck. Oh, there's no cursing on this podcast. <laughs> Are you still lit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh. His strategy was just to outlast you. Oh. Puff away, gentlemen. Now the podcast <laughs> will get a little bit better. I, I got your power. <laughs> I got your power. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we now have... We don't need the... Dunk. Winner. <laughs> we don't need that, but I'm glad to join uh, Andy Atencio in the winner circle. Uh, Andy Atencio hot dog eating contest. Nick Jimenez horn. cigar snob smoking contest champion. Oh, this is a reluctant horn. He's so loser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, at least that removes some of the stress from the rest of the podcast because we're all on the edges yeah, of our no. seats. I couldn't uh, do both things. <laughs> we were struggling. Uh, you were looking like you were in good shape there. I really, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, some of the Unicorn Drew Estate stuff. Uh, any other uh, Puro Sabor unique things? No. Uh, sorry, I just... No, no, no. That's not, uh, no yeah, we got my thrown, mind was we got not there off. anymore. Uh, no, you know, again, you get, you get, you, uh, we got to go to factories and, and fields. And, yeah. Uh, and now for me, you're talking to a guy who has gone to just about every factory there. Uh and I still, when I walk through there, I still enjoy it. I still see things that I hadn't seen in other times. Uh, you know, and, and also, for me, I get the joy of when, when you walk into a big factory like Drew Estate, where when you walk in, it's just such a wow factor because it's massive, massive amount of people rolling at the same time. Uh, and so to see people's faces, oh, like, freak out when they see that. Or uh, this year, Oliva, with all the changes, uh, it was fun to see people who had been to Oliva in years past, and now we're walking into this completely reimagined Oliva. Mm -hmm. And again, just going, holy shit, that wall used to be there, and this and that, oh my god. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, But if me, then I'm a little bit Miami jaded cigar industry guy, I still get pleasure out of going to those factories and fields. I have to imagine that yeah. if you've never been, it's going to be a life-changing experience for sure. Is there anybody who, like, I I haven't ever done Puro Sabor, but I have done uh, Pro Cigar. And I, I often talk about how, at least in my experience there and the tours that I've done, for me, Lito Gomez was, like, head and shoulders best tour guide in terms of going through the tour and feeling like, you know, you were with somebody who had who really had a knack for that. Is there somebody in Nicaragua that you've seen who's like, regardless, setting aside the question of the cigars themselves, because, I mean, I like La Flor Dominicana, but it's not my favorite thing, personally. But if I if somebody was telling me I'm going to Pro Cigar, what tour should I do? I'd say, make sure you do Lido. Is there somebody who's especially good at that in your experience at Puro Sabor? Yeah, and, uh, and we had a treat this year because Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Drew is my answer. Uh, Jonathan has not been running tours for years now. He hasn't been involved in the tours. You know, you got Pedro uh, that was doing tours for a while, and uh, 
and Henry. And so those guys do the tour. But this year, we had Pedro and Henry. And then Jonathan would, would chime in. And uh, he's just, he's a fantastic uh, tour guide of that factory. So, <clears throat> yeah, I would say uh, if you get the chance, definitely go see Drew Estate. Uh, and, and if he's there, you'll you'll be in for a treat. However, Pedro and Henry uh, do a fantastic job as well because those guys have been doing it for a long time. Good stuff. Um, all right, so uh, you want to make sure now that they're back in business that you check out Puro Sabor and mark your calendar for next year. Uh, good experience. I've never done Puro Sabor, but I've done something kind of like it going around touring these factories, and it is a, a cool thing. You've done it in past years, no? I have. Um but you can also check out this issue this January, right. uh, February issue. We did uh, some event coverage in the back, and then we also, you wrote a great piece on Oliva, and then you get a feel for right. the new improvements to the factory. Good stuff. And then the two of you, this will be our last topic before we break to non-cigar things, uh, were at TPE, so the subject of a little bit of, uh, of controversy. Uh, our last episode of the podcast was... An interview with Scott Pierce, who is the uh, executive director of the Premium Cigar Association. The trade show that used to be IPCPR is now the PCA trade show. Of course, the PCA does other things, but the trade show is sort of like their bread and butter in the calendar. And this year, a lot of people did not exi- chose not to exhibit at PCA and were instead exhibiting at TPE. And so that made that trade show, which is not in its first year, but it made it a bigger draw in premium cigars. On the premium cigar side, yeah. Than, than before. So what was that experience? Like, it was your first time for both of you at that show. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, it was it was cool. It was a good show. It was really well organized. They, they I think that they uh, took the years of experience of PCA or IPCPR or RTDA, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, and all of the things that, <laughs> that people complain about, are you going to be all right? <laughs> Our champ is down. <laughs> Our champ. You want some water, champ? Sorry. <laughs> uh, so they took uh, they took all the things that that I think people complained about with IPCPR and improved on them. I mean, almost to a T. They improved on everything. So, so I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool, and people were very happy, right? Because it's cheaper to participate at TPE and, and exhibit. So it didn't it didn't take a lot for you to break even. Each manufacturer's uh, presence is is a lot smaller. Uh, uh, yeah, and by a lot smaller, it's an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about uh, going from fifty something booth spaces uh, to two, right? In the case of some of the big ones, uh, so so yeah, it's it's a huge difference. You can walk the entire floor in uh, in minutes as opposed to days how did it how did it feel from a like cigar you know the I, the pca trade show is almost exclusively premium cigars and premium cigar adjacent things yeah so it feels very much like a cigar hangout from wall to wall how does this feel yeah not like that uh however when you're in the premium cigar side and maybe ivan you can you can speak to this but when you're in the premium cigar side you feel like you're at a regular premium cigar trade show but then as soon as you step out, and they had it color-coded. So if the floor was, if the carpeting was red, you were in the premium cigar side. If it was green, you were in like CBD and blue, you were in vape or something like that. 
And uh, and as soon as you walked out of that red carpet, it was a completely different world. Yeah. I mean, as different as you can get. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, in that sense, it, it was odd. Uh, but again, I thought that it was all done very, very well. Uh, the show, the events at night were awesome. Excellent. Yeah. So can can I stop talking a bit? Tell tell me something about it because I uh, I've been just yapping nonstop, and you were there with me. What were your thoughts on it? So venue wise, uh, usually we're IPCPR or um, PCA is usually at the Sands. Um, this is at the Sahara. Um, well, not at the Sahara, but it's over at the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is near the Sahara, which is where all the events were being held. Again, a lot, it just seemed less stressful because during the IPCPR, everybody gears up for this one huge show. And I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot on the line to make sales yep. and to like get your marketing, get your products out. It just felt a lot more relaxed. I agree. From a you know, from an investment standpoint, from a sale, like everything felt more relaxed. Uh, the events were all very localized, so you didn't have to be bouncing around. All right, let's go to the Bellagio for an event, and then we'll head over to Mandalay Bay for another after party. And there was none of that. Everything was kind of centralized in one spot, so that made it very nice. And. Uh, yeah, those those parties were great. That one party we went to that one night at Jose Andres uh, oh Bazaar God. Meet was they, one of the best events we've ever been. Yeah, closed down Bazaar Meets uh, by Jose Andres. And, I mean, if you ever heard of this place, look it up. Bazaar, like B-A-Z-A-A-R. Uh, holy mackerel. Yeah. What a place to, to shut down and just have uh, a giant buffet. Uh, it was just amazing. <laughs> amazing i couldn't stop raving about it the steak that we had there the cinco jotas ham that they were slicing they were shucking oysters while you were walking around and, and feeding you oysters the truffle sorry the foie gras covered in cotton, cotton candy. candy yeah that i hate foie gras and that was awesome well you had a hard time pronouncing foie gras oh but. sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh that was one of those things where i remember the guy was walking around and, and he had this cotton candy and I was like, I don't want cotton candy. I, I want to, you know, I want something savory. And uh, Rafael Nodal said, No, 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 you have to try that. And dude, it was like, it was heaven on a little stick. It was awesome. And open bar. And open bar, yeah. That that didn't hurt. <laughs> that always helps. Yeah. Yeah. So to have that kind of an event at a Jose Andres restaurant, which if you're not familiar, Google the guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, as as big a celebrity chef as they come, but yep. uh, but if you're not familiar, yeah, you look them up. That that to me almost sounds like if I heard they were going to do it again, that's enough reason to try to get out there. Yeah, <laughs> Just... uh, and, and and I don't want to understate uh, the Villiger party, which was the same night, <clears throat> and they were like right next to each other. And the Villiger party party was like dueling pianos, which was pretty cool too. Uh, and then they had like Asian bites. Uh, so you had, you know, if you're into like the Asian food, you would go to that one and, and have your dinner there. If you wanted to have some sort of more high-end uh, celebrity chef food, you would go to the Bazaar Meats. Or you could do both, which is what we did. Uh, but really amazing. Uh, and the open bar, you're right. I mean, just whatever you want. Go yeah. to town. Yeah, it was nice. So that was that was pretty cool. Uh, and, and I think what Ivan said is 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 maybe the most 
sort of fundamental difference was how how relaxed people were because it was like PCA, IPCPR, that's it feels like you're prepping for a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right? And this felt like you were you were at a regular season game in terms of like the level of stress and anticipation. Right? Yeah. And and I think volume wise, in terms of sales, it it's that's probably a fair uh comparison. Super Bowl versus regular season game. Yeah, plenty of sales were being made here. There's a lot at, of foot traffic. At TPE, I mean, yeah, you, you it was good foot down, traffic. You would look up and down the the rows and there was tons of people. Yeah, but the the, the volume of orders at PCA, IPCPR is significantly greater. Yeah. Now, who knows if next year it continues to grow, right? Right, right. So, so yeah, again, that was that was excellent. I was I was impressed by it and there was a lot of first timers. You know, I kept I kept saying, "Hey, what's going on?" And you'd run into somebody in the hall, and then uh, it, you'd get this over and over. Man, this is my first time here, and I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. Like they've done a really good job. So, hats off to the to the TPE crew. They really did a good job. All right. So, uh, with that, we are going to break for a second for a word from episode sponsor, Viva La Vida. Viva La Vida. Brothers Billy and Gus Faki. Former owners of the cigar in retail shops in New York City have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. <coughs> their first release, Viva la Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Lo and behold, we were just talking about A.J. Fernandez and how prolific he is. Viva la Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5 by 54 Torpedo, a 6 by 54 Toro, a 6x60 Gran Toro, a 5x54 Robusto, and a limited edition Dia de Mas Finas, which is a beautifully made Perfecto, 6 by 52 Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Dia de Mas Finas. Cigars are not only made by AJ Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. So Viva La Vida cigars are only available in brick and mortar cigar shops. Ask your local retailer for Viva La Vida or look them up at www.artesanodeltobacco.net. That's A-R-T-E-S-A-N-O-D-E-L and then tobacco in English, T-O-B-A-C-C-O, Artesano del Tobacco. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram accounts at Artesano del Tobacco. And with that, how are we feeling about this world championship cigar? I'll tell you something else that I was just thinking about. I wonder if the rules allow allow you to blow... On the tip, on the ash while you're... Because you can just keep, like, a nice little light blow on it, and I think it'll keep it lit. Yeah. That's probably not allowed. I, I So I, I don't remember, but I think that the the strictest rules are for the very beginning, right? Like, you have, okay, you have X amount of time for cutting, and then lighting time starts, and at that time, you're not allowed to even talk. Uh, and then I think there is a point where it almost becomes, like, a, you know, anything... Almost anything goes, but there, there's probably some rules. Uh, but I don't know. I don't see why why blowing on the end would be. Do you think that like gives you an unfair advantage? I don't know. It just seems like one of those like uh, you know, sort of gives you the option to mix up strategy. Hmm. But you think that blowing would be advantageous? Yeah. Do you think it matters? Well, it depends because if you've got a big ash mm-hmm. going on, then the blowing is you know, the ash is shielding a lot of the out of the air or tap it out and then just blow i don't know that you can just tap it out no i don't know mm. Mm. jason 
Where you at? Where are you at? When Talk to me, Jason. Here? I ran into him at TP. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We were hanging out there for cool. a bit. Was he smoking really slow? <laughs> he was, was he like, shh, don't talk to me. He was dressed pretty dapper. He always Whoa. is. Yeah. He always is. Always He's always der- working a room. Always in derby mode? Yep. Uh, so for people who may not get that, Jason Lois, who we referenced as having been a, uh, an American champion, right, of the uh, of cigar smoking, uh, is a tobacconist in the Louisville area. Was, was. Was. Where is he now? He's now a rep in the Louisville area. Okay. So he's, so he's repping Kuwanakang cigars. Got it. But if you're if you're a smoker in that area, you might see him around. Yeah. Uh, so if you see him smoking, he shushes you. He's practicing. Uh, so Don't uh, be offended by it. Don't be offended. Just Super you know, nice guy, but he's just smoking very slowly. Let him do it. And he thing. can't talk. Uh, talk about the flavors. Did you just put this creamy nut toast in there? Yeah. I just didn't want to forget because mine went out and... Yeah. Uh, and so I had just wrote that in there. But, yeah, I, I thought it was incredibly creamy, the cigar to start, mm-hmm. uh, and nutty. And then, like, it had this really nice, almost unique, toasty flavor for me. Almost unique at one point. And sure. it's changed now. But um, I know it sounds weird, almost unique. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a toasty flavor that you don't get that that often. Sure. I mean, you get toasty flavors. But this particular one was was kind of like a I don't know like a toasted walnut weird toasty nuttiness that was together it was very very nice I really enjoyed it good stuff so moving right, anybody on. else have any flavor notes on this oh 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 um, I think uh, what so the, I mentioned earlier about the pre light aroma I didn't say much about it but there's almost like to me some of that toast but almost like a chocolatey kind of aroma like a cocoa kind of aroma and that's something that comes through for me in the in the smoking also uh also some of that to- almost like the like the burnt corner of a toast mm-hmm. um a little nutty for me there's some of that in there which i think comes with the toasted bread thing there's a nutty character to that in a way but also, I, I do feel that the hair of firmness and i get some pepper in the nose yeah uh and interestingly it, it does change quite a bit for mm-hmm. a small cigar yeah, uh, for, you know, for for a cigar this size to transition so much is is pretty nice. Also, uh, noticed that it was a pretty tight pack. At least it felt like it when we when we first got it. Not like flood tight, but just on the tighter side. No, even trying to like tap out the ash, you can feel it. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, it, it it is something that if they ever came out with it, I would say they are. They are. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah so yeah, this so is going to be available in stores. I would buy this just for your own enjoyment. But also nice to know that, you know, you, th- it's cool that this is something you can also do at home. Even if you are not have no intention of practicing. If, you know, if you've got a group of guys that you smoke with every so often, it's kind of fun to be able to say, of like, course. hey, this is the competition cigar. Let's, uh, you know, try, to beat, look, try uh, to beat the record. Right. Yeah. And, and of all cigar smoking competitions, we, by, by the way, cigar smoking and competition are two things that almost should not be together. But uh, if you were ever going to have a competition around cigar smoking smoking it slow is the is the is the more reasonable way to compete you just went out you yeah, lost i lose <laughs> uh it, it's the most reasonable right like people do the the longest ash and then you find yourself like a like a dork smoking it with your the cigar pointing up and and it just stops becoming comfortable and and then the, obviously the the ones where people try to smoke really really fast mm-hmm. and that's not good either yeah, and so and, and this the finishing an absurdly large, yeah. Cigar. Uh, well, this this feels like like something you can do because you it doesn't almost doesn't get in the way of your enjoyment, right? 
I mean, it, it does if you're really, really serious about it. Yeah, yeah. It will get in the way, but but you can just do this goofy thing that we did here, and we were still enjoying the cigar. I was still getting flavor notes and stuff. So. For sure. Uh, all right, shifting away from cigar stuff, State of the Union address was last night. We're recording this on Wednesday the 5th. Uh, I did not watch the State of the Union. I have seen the gif of uh, Nancy Pelosi ripping up her copy way too many times. But uh, did you guys get a chance to see very much of it? It was I w- the greatest State of the Union ever. Of all time? Huge. <laughs> Huge. The best ever. Huge. It was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> a perfect speech. Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it's funny to it w- see It him. wasn't perfect. It's always funny. Like He's so quirky and, and weird when he does these things. Uh, but the, the Nancy Pelosi ripping up uh, was just really a, a part of the entire show that she had going on. Uh, every time he said anything, she was back there nodding or smirking or looking at someone off camera and making a smirk and pointing. And it was a little annoying and disrespectful. However, he disrespected her as well when uh, he handed her the uh, the document that they hand. It's like... Maybe it's the speech. I don't know what it is that he hands her, like some sort of proclamation. And then she went to shake his hand, and he just turned around like, screw you. So her ripping up was a response to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just that that loss of, of uh, uh, what, what would the word be for that? Uh, decorum. Yeah, maybe. that loss of decorum. That's the word. It's just so bad right now. We're in such a bad place. Like, he shouldn't have done that. She shouldn't have ripped it up. She shouldn't have been making faces back there. None of them. They're, they're all behaving like clowns. Yeah. And so it gets to be really annoying. So, uh, so that that was that was bad. The only thing that I saw her stand up for, and because a little while later I I, I had to do stuff for my kids' uh, project for school. Uh, <clears throat> the only thing I saw her stand up for was when Trump uh, introduced Guaido, uh, the can you say president of Venezuela or. Rightful, maybe rightful president. That's what they keep saying, the rightful president of Venezuela. Um, there was another, there's a couple of times that, that everybody stood up and clapped. For example, if there were guests there, you know, like um, uh, there was a girl who, you know, couldn't get into a school and stuff. There, there, were, there were certain parts and then there was one strategically placed one that was, I thought that was very well planned, where they had a, uh, a preemie, this like two-year-old girl that was born... You know, she was, like, born, like, just 21 weeks, you know. So it was like, oh, she's a miracle that she's born. Everybody's clapping, you know, welcome, what have you. And then right after, it was like, we're getting rid of late, late-term late abortions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, all right, you were clapping for that? Now we're getting rid of this. Yeah. So And, that, and that's, personally, I don't mind if people want to disrespect each other. But to me, it's just, it's just the stupidity of how they're doing it, no? Because... Like honestly, what if if you're in Trump's position? I'm no Trump fan, but it's like if you're taking the position of like you're trying to illegitimately, you know, do this farce of an impeachment to remove me from office. Why am I going to shake your hand? Go screw yourself. And then at the same time, if you're in her position, oh, you know, you're a tyrant, whatever. Yeah, why wouldn't I rip? But then it's like, what are you ripping up? There's no thought given to it, right? Because then after the fact, she said, oh, because because I think it's a copy of the speech. It's like the official. Signed copy, and everybody gets one, and so she tore it up. And she said, oh, because I, I was looking, and I couldn't find a single page that had truth on it. And it's like, what are you talking about? There's literally nothing true in the whole thing. You're just being absurd at this point. Yeah. Like, flip them off, or 
whatever. But it's like tearing up the thing and then saying something that's so obviously untrue yourself. It's just the whole, like, it's just all such absurd theater. Um, if people want to root their disrespect in something that makes some sense, okay, whatever, go for it. But they're just a bunch of clowns. Everybody's ridiculous. Um, the thing that you were talking about is sort of similar with the, um, not to what I'm saying, but your point about the abortion and the preemie kid, which I don't know much about it, but I know that the uh, the little girl and the school thing, was it was a school choice issue. Right, right. Uh, and so I'm sure that there was some amount of like, oh, shit, I clapped. <laughs> and then, but there's a lot of school choice opponents uh, in no, the they mix, too. Liking, they weren't liking it yeah, at all. The, not uh, into it. The school choice, no. Uh, and then I know like some people didn't even show up. Like I think some, some one of you said that Ocasio-Cortez didn't show up or something. Right. I, yeah, I didn't see her. And uh, I saw um, Talib, Tlaib, mm-hmm. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, it's just with her head down as he's walking in. You're like, you don't have to be so silly. Right, it's all for the cameras, right? It's all yeah. just like, and it's like you know what the guy's gonna say. Like, uh, you know what? If you don't want to show up, if you want to be like, this is not important to me, you're gonna say stupid. Then okay, fine, don't show up. Like whatever. I wouldn't show up to a thing I didn't want to show up to. But to do the whole like, oh, let me do this like theater from my seat and see how many muecas I can make, how many stupid faces I can make over the course of this Thanks long for speech. Explaining muecas yeah. for <laughs> non-Cubans for the non-Cuban uh, audience, but uh, but yeah, silliness all the way around. What are your thoughts on just doing away with this thing? Until, yeah, until Woodrow Wilson, it was just a letter. Nobody was giving speeches. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were just turning it in. It was like, here's the update. Here's where we're at. Yeah, it was just a State of the Union update. Because the Constitution doesn't say you have to give a speech. It's just like, let everybody know. Okay, here you go. Here's the here's your thing. But Woodrow Wilson being the communist that he was. Uh, well, I think that the, the networks love the ad dollars oh, on the sure. State of the Union. And the free content. Yeah. Which is, I mean, which is why they loved it. Like, I think reality TV saw its big boom during a writer's strike. Yeah. This is the ultimate, like, and they don't even have to pay for their own cameras because, like, one network does it and it feeds it to everybody else. It's super advantageous for them. They're all in cahoots. It's all rigged. (laughs) State Uh, of the Union is rigged. Speaking of things that are, well, it's not rigged. The Super Bowl. I don't, there's no easy segue there. Uh, The Super Bowl uh, was between the San Francisco 49ers and. The Chiefs of Kansas City, Kansas, if we're paying attention to uh, President Donald Trump. That's right. uh, Who tweeted uh, how proud the state of Kansas must be uh, (laughs) (laughs) before he deleted and retweeted uh, or did a new tweet congratulating Missouri. Um, Although, to be clear, there is a Kansas City, Kansas, and I'm sure they were pretty happy about it. Uh, (laughs) So uh, did you guys have a, a dog in that fight? Were you rooting for anybody or... I wasn't. Uh, I was. Uh, I wasn't rooting for anyone, but I thought that San Francisco would win. I thought that their defense would be able to bottle up Mahomes for the whole game. Turns out they were only able to do it for what, three quarters. <laughs> it's a uh, typical uh, KC fashion. Uh, but yeah, I, I really didn't. I thought that their defense was so good that they'd be able to hold them down, and clearly that wasn't the case. It was a great game, and I, I think everybody expected one. Uh, yeah, going in. Nobody could really take a side on who was going to win, or or you you could, but it was pretty split. Yeah. As to you had X number of San Fran and KC guys, but um, yeah, it was, I mean, I'm not happy that KC won. I was pulling no. for yeah, I was pulling for San Francisco. Well, I was a Raider friend. fan. This guy. Is no, so. but I have a good friend who's a San Francisco fan. Marcos, if you're hearing, I was pulling for him. Uh, but yeah, no, they couldn't do it. So. But it was a hell of a game, man. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a nice little uh, gathering there at the at the house, and 
best oh, halftime man. show ever. Ever. Tell me something ever. about the halftime show. Like now, and then people are complaining it was too sexy, and 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 then I heard people saying, uh, you know, why do they have a Cuban flag on the on the halftime show? And you're like, are you serious? That's a Puerto Rican flag. But was anybody <laughs> really saying that? Like I kept seeing yeah. people like citing the same five Twitter trolls with twenty followers. Yeah. Uh, I, I but I did think like, for one thing. I I wasn't like super into it because I'm not really going to be into almost any halftime show. But compared to most recent halftime shows, pretty good. I thought. Yeah, it was a good show. Like I like that it was super high energy, which is, what I don't like is when you have like, you know, you're going to have I don't know what he actually sang, but you know, when you have a deep white from Maroon 5 singing Sunday morning in the middle of a football game, it's like, "Come on, bro." Yeah. Like, you got to have something upbeat. So I appreciated that it was like constant, you know, high energy athletic choreography hips there's a, a lot, lot of hips a lot of hips a lot of hips man yeah and they then they never lied not once did they lie <laughs> no <laughs> uh but you know i did hear a bunch of people saying oh best halftime show ever and and i kept going like hang on a second did you not see prince because really it wasn't me. even the best halftime show in miami yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the prince for me hands down and it, you know mother nature contributed to yeah. how good it was but what year was that? Eighty something? Uh, late eighties. Yeah, yeah. But maybe that best halftime show or in some people's no, lifetimes. No, no, it wasn't late eighties. No, it was in the nineties already. Right. Is it, no, I, I think it maybe even early two thousand. It was the indie. Yeah. That it rained. Yeah, it was Indianapolis. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, it was here in Miami. Yeah, I think that was early two thousand. Uh, but still, a good halftime yeah. show. Over the top stuff. A lot of like you know big production value stuff. Uh. If you had to get rid of one of the two of them, who are you getting rid of? Either J-Lo or Shakira? Yeah. That's a tough one. Hey, it's 2007, Prince. Yeah. That was the Rain one? Yeah. Wow. Shocking. J-Lo. My I'm memory getting, is I'm bad rid of her. Same. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, come on. Just, I mean, just on age alone, right? Oh, that sucks. What? We have a lot of older ladies that listen to the show <laughs> <laughs> aren't appreciating that comment. You asked me to eliminate one. Okay, I'd rather not eliminate any of them. Sure. Okay, but if I have to eliminate one, I'm eliminating J-Lo. I'm sorry, A-Rod. I'm sorry, J-Lo. I think from Even that, though they're local Miami yeah. residents nowadays. Yeah, but not necessarily because of age, but to me, I just, I on the one hand... What, your legs, man? Huh? <laughs> I'm a hips person. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, Amen. I'm, on the one hand, I think, uh, I, I guess maybe I kind of prefer her, like, general vibe. I'm not a huge fan of either one of these people. But, like... What do you mean? I heard you playing that this morning when you pulled in. I know, I know, I know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if i got to pick one. Uh, I find Shakira's music to be kind of corny. Uh, but I thought that just the show itself, there was just more going on, and that's what I want from a big, like, over-the-top Super Bowl halftime show. And Shakira also, to me, I thought she was just doing more athletic shit. Like, more of that, like, oh, look at her go. There, there she goes. <laughs> Look at her go. There she goes, shaking around. Uh, so, anyway. Either way. Unanimous. Shakira. Yeah. You can stick around. Yeah. If it's up to us, J-Lo, get the hell out of here. Even though J-Lo's a Belen mom now. So, I'm, Oof. I'm going, against, torn. going against the Belen grain here. Uh, but maybe she'll play Tombola, and I'll change my mind. Uh, That's uh, Nick's high school, by the way, guys. Yeah, yes, and Tombola is their big festival. Yes, correct, correct. That's coming up. Uh, so, warning labels. Back to some cigar news. 
Jennifer Lopez. Good news. Jennifer Lopez and Shakira did not have warning labels on them, and now. <laughs> Boom. Neither, at least for the time being, will your cigars. Uh, a judge decreed, declared uh, that the FDA's warning label rules are illegal, uh, that the FDA had not gone through the uh, proper process to evaluate uh, the necessity for and the rationale behind those warning labels. And so they sided with the cigar industry. This was uh, judge, I might be saying this wrong, but Amit P. Meta, Meta. Uh, not to be confused with Metal World Peace. Uh, Amit P. Meta, hey now. Well done. Uh, by the way, because I know we do a lot of, uh, you know, even though, you know, I don't know where we necessarily are on the registration lines here, but we do a lot of, like, uh, Democrat bashing, Obama appointee. Yep. So if Obama did one good thing for the cigar industry, although I'm sure he didn't intend to, it was appointing this guy. Um, right. So, uh, thanks, Judge Amit. Uh, I will uh, meet you later for a cigar. Hey. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, Eric, talk a little bit about just the general implications, because this also potentially right goes beyond just the packaging. Yeah, it could, it could also potentially uh, affect the magazine that we produce. Uh, you know, as part of the warning labels... It was also uh, it was also in the ruling that you needed to have warning labels on all the ads, uh, and they were big. Uh, I believe it was twenty to thirty percent of the of the space of the ad had to be taken up by the warning label. You can imagine how bad the magazine would have looked had uh, had we needed to uh, to institute that. Right, everybody had to change their ads to incorporate these warning labels, which is hideous. Just like the boxes, right? Everyone ended up restructuring their boxes to fit these warning labels. And now now the warning labels are not necessary. So now they've got boxes that look goofy because they've got this big empty space where the warning label used to be. Right. So it's a lot of uh, added cost to the cigar industry that, you know, the cigar industry can't, uh, it's not the cigarette, it's not big tobacco. We, we can't stomach these big costs, right? These companies are all, not all, but for the most part, smaller uh, family-owned companies that, that really, uh, these added costs are crippling. But uh, but anyway, all of that is is done with now. So we were su- I'm I'm super excited. Uh, it's a it's a win uh, in our der- in in our favor, which we haven't had many of these. Yep. Recently, right? Every time you look up, there's a new smoking ban. There's there's new restrictions. You got the 21, uh, and so yeah, to have this go in our favor was was huge. We had uh, Glenn Loop put together a piece in the issue that's out now. So if you if you have a chance, read that. It's actually an interesting piece because normally Glenn just writes a big piece about the state of the cigar industry and regulation and whatnot. And in this one, what he did was compile all the quotes from people outside the cigar industry and, and how they felt. Uh, and so anyway, check that out. And uh, thanks to Judge Meta for that ruling. There you go. Very reasonable judge. He can, we get a, can we get a horn for Meta? Here you go, Meta. Boom. A little doubler. A little doubler. <laughs> a rare honor reserved for the <laughs> creme de la creme of people mentioned on the podcast. Uh, so we're going to break for just a moment to talk about a new song that is uh, setting shockwaves, yeah. sweeping the nation. It's called Cohiba Cohiba, I think. Uh, that's, that's the name, yeah. We asked called, them. It's called Cohiba Cohiba. Uh, 
How did we come across this song? Well, we, we need Yami because she's, she's the reason that we came across this song. Let's get her in here. Cohiba, Cohiba, reminds me of a West Side Story. Ooh, oh, there you go. Nice. So uh, so here we have Yami, who is... Woo, woo. A, Hi there. Hello. So she's how we came across this song. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about... A uh, new friend. Yeah, your new friend that sent you this song uh, in two languages... And uh, so, yeah, how, how did this come about? So he called me, um, he called me last week. Mm-hmm. And well, nobody was here except maybe Natalia. And I spoke to him for a very long time. So he lives in Canada. Very nice gentleman, by the way. Lives in Canada, uh, works in Africa. And he started telling me how hard he works and how his job is very stressful. And that um, he loves cigars and he wants everybody to smoke cigars. So he's like a promoter or a teacher or whatever you want to call it. Um, he wants people to you know, smoke. So in his spare time, he smokes cigars wherever he's at. And um, what did he... Um, so he wrote a poem. So he wrote a poem. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I'm going to see if I can get somebody to do music or whatever, make it into a song. So he gave it to some friends, I think. I'm not sure. And they did that song. And so, we haven't it yet. oh, you haven't played it. Okay, so the song will be, I think, published like in ten days, or you know, he's gonna put it on Spotify and YouTube, maybe. Yeah. Okay. He's uh, getting like um, a record. Record deal. Oh. No, no, like he's got like an album cover for it okay. or whatever. So, you know, I guess he does this on his spare time. So. Are you going to play it or what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, wanna we, keep, I don't want to keep talking. What's, this guy's, what's the guy's name again? Hassad. Hassad. And the name of the song? You want the name of the song? Yeah. We got that. Oh, you got it? It's, oh, Koyiba. Yeah. Two Koyibas or Koyiba? And his Instagram uh-huh. It's music by Hassad. I think it's music.by.hassad. How do you spell Hassad? H-A-S-S-A-D. Music by Hassad. Woo-woo. Boom. Let's go. So without further ado, here is Koyiba. By Hassad. Enjoy. Kohiba, Kohiba, everyone loves Romeo and Julieta. Smoky rooms and darkest nights. And there you go. There was Kohiba by Hassad. 
Let us know what you think. Or maybe send us videos of yourself dancing to Cohiba. Dude, yeah. Whatever, well, so whatever you want to do. Hassad wanted a, wanted our opinion on the song. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that better than our opinion, I think we can have our listeners' yeah. opinions. So what did you think of the song? Reach out through Twitter, maybe through his Instagram. Uh, but on our Twitter, let us know. What do you think of the song? Yeah. Right? And yes, if you want to throw in a video of yourself dancing to Cohiba, which which in the song he says Cohiba. Cohiba. Uh, so, yeah, show us a little video of you dancing to Cohiba if you do. This is for the ladies, not any of the guys. No, no, no guys, please. please. Shakira, only ladies that look like Shakira. Not or, you, Simeon. Or guys that look like Shakira. No. <laughs> but if you do a video, if there are multiple, if you're the only one that does a video, we will send you a t-shirt. Uh, if you... If there are multiple videos, then we'll pick one and send a t-shirt. Oh, baby. So, with that... So, you like a Cigar Snap t-shirt? Just put together a little video of you playing... Uh, you dancing to Cohiba. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Finally, before we cut to our final ad and our parting recommendations, uh, you guys have a little story. We're going to leave names out of it, but uh, about a, a football player. Yeah, college football player, friend of ours, uh, son of a friend of ours. Uh, the guy is uh, playing in a Division One college football program. SEC. All right, now let's let's. Uh, <laughs> but he is, yeah. So, uh, and the 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 young man smokes cigars on his off time during the off season or whatever. He smokes cigars, and so he was smoking in his balcony, and he was reprimanded by the school for smoking cigars on his balcony. And has been put on some uh, deferred probation. And to be clear, he's of age. He is of age. And this was uh, a dorm balcony or an on-campus balcony. Yeah. So by which... the by the by the writing on the letter, I surmise that right. that it is a dorm sure uh, balcony. And uh, and so with all of the with all of the other things that are being smoked on campus the weed. at all time, the weed. <laughs> you're seriously gonna do this to the to the kid? I mean. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, so that that was disturbing for me. You yeah. know, so uh, a kid who's busting his butt to play for your school, and uh, and to put him through that is is just. I just I I found it to be just so out of balance with what what's happening today. So are you saying that inhaling weed smoke, secondhand weed smoke, is perfectly okay? Inhaling cigar smoke off of someone's balcony. Not okay, right? And so I don't know, man. It's 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 a, a sad state of affairs when when uh, when you just can't smoke a cigar on a balcony in your dorm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's because I smoke cigars, but I find it silly. We're outdoors, definitely please. silly. And I would say, even though this is not where we should be, should also serve as a warning because you know I'm sure we have some listeners who are college age, maybe athletes. Also worth noting. Be careful, just like you want to be careful where you drink, because there are campuses where if you're drinking in the wrong place or you're whatever, it can cause you some problems. Be cognizant of where you're smoking, because you might associate those kinds of consequences with other things. Know that there are times when smoking a cigar could land you in some hot water, and depending on what your situation is, you may not want to even take that risk, no matter how silly it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, work to change it or, you know. Organize a cigar protest where everybody smokes cigars or something, <laughs> but you know it, you don't want to be in the situation where just you know by accident 
you end up on the wrong side of a rule as monumentally stupid as as that. Uh, all right, so we're going to cut to a word from episode Drew, uh, episode sponsor, Drew Estate, not episode Drew Estate sponsor, uh, before we come back with our parting recommendations. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense plantation-grown Magafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willy Herrera and presented in five Vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. All right, this is the part of the show where we offer our parting recommendations. This is where we let you know about things that we think you should smoke, eat, watch, do, read. Ivan, what you got? Hmm. I got a weird one. Mm. So on our way back from TPE, had a lot of time on my hands, and I caught a uh, – the movie's up my alley. I like these art house movies, but it's a little weird. I would still recommend watching it, but I wouldn't say it's excellent. Uh, it's called Monos. Monos is, translates to monkeys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. M-O-N-O-S. Yeah, not mononucleosis. Uh, <laughs> so I'll just I'll just read what it's about. So I'll do this in my best movie guy voice. Ooh, uh, nice. On a faraway mountaintop, eight teenage gorillas with guns watch over a hostage and a conscripted milk cow. I don't know what conscripted means. Playing <laughs> games and initiating cult-like rituals, the children run amok in the jungle, and disaster strikes when the hostage tries to escape. So these are actual gorillas in the movie. Like, I mean, I'm sure they're not acting, but like they're they're, they're teenage gorillas are the characters. Uh, yeah, it's a it's Colombian. Uh, Shakira, huh? It's a Colombian <laughs> movie. Uh, Hip shaking gorillas. It's their kids. Yeah, uh, kind of reminds you a little uh, Lords of the Lord of the Flies, Lord of the Flies yeah. ish, uh, yeah. but with a little bit more military okay. uh, to them. Still very interesting, well made uh, film, great cinematography, interesting plot, a bit disturbing, but okay, worth the watch. Cool. Where does somebody watch that? Uh, Was it Amazon? You can Netflix? see it on TV. You can. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I don't, so he yeah well, you watched it on the uh, on the flight yeah right? okay so yeah. so it's got to be available places. yeah it's available cool uh, all right so I'm going to predictably I have two and one is especially predictable uh, UFC 247 no way you watch UFC I watch UFC huh. uh, that is coming up on Saturday the eighth and that will be John Bones Jones's uh, I think tenth light heavyweight title defense uh, against um, uh, Dominic Cruz. So, uh, just from like a sports, you know, history standpoint, if you like watching, you know, people maybe keeping a long streak alive, this guy is talked about as, uh, he's in that greatest of all time conversation. And this would definitely serve to like extend, uh, that legacy. Uh, so UFC 247 Saturday, the co-main is Valentina Shevchenko also defending her 125 pound title. And then second recommendation, if you're into cooking and want to cook some weird stuff, uh, there's a YouTube channel called Townsends. So Town Sends, all one word. Uh, and this guy is basically like a history buff of some kind. I honestly don't know what his background is academically or whatever. 
Uh, I've actually watched that. Yeah, Gianni recommended it. Yeah, and it's actually pretty cool. And it's things that some of them I've seen, and I've thought, like, that looks easy enough to take a stab at what this guy's doing. He's cooking recipes from mainly the 18th and 19th centuries. Yep. So, like, Civil War era or, like, colonial era recipes. Uh, sometimes the recipes themselves are kind of weird. And other times, for example, he does uh, scrambled eggs, which I had no idea scrambled eggs have only at least been called scrambled eggs for a very short time. Uh, in that colonial time, they were called buttered eggs, and there's an absurd amount of butter in these scrambled eggs. But also kind of interesting, especially if you're a camper, uh, like some, you, you got to figure like at those times, more rustic conditions. So if you want to, you know, pick up some ideas for things you might cook over an open like campfire, also kind of a cool way to do that since so much of it is either open or over open campfires or uh, 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 fireplaces and stuff like that. So I watched the scrambled eggs thing. Uh, he did another one that was like a sort of like a battered Cornish hen thing. Of the recipe calls for pigeon, but you might have trouble finding that. Uh, <laughs> oh, sounds awesome! Yeah. So uh, so anyway, there was another one, it, and I also have trouble like sometimes he's he eats the things and he's like, oh, this is so great. Maybe not that great, but who knows? Maybe. So anyway, Townsend's. All right. Or, so I had a crappy recommendation. Cool. But now that you've brought up Townsend's. When you go to Townsend's to check it out, check out his uh, episodes on tobacco. Oh. He has a whole thing on, on growing tobacco in early America. So he's got a whole history thing about it. Uh, and then he also does one about early American whiskey. Look at that. Which is pretty cool. My, my recommendation was pretty crappy. I have, I know I'm late to this party, Ozark. I oh, started watching it. Holy shit, that's good. Yeah, awesome. That's a really good show. If you are like me, uh, never got around to watching it. Do it. It's freaking yeah, good. That's Amazon. Yeah. Really, really good. So, Get on that. That's all I got. All right. With that, we are concluding this episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. You can find Cigar Snob Podcast episodes at cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. Also, just go to the shop tab once you go to cigarsnobmag.com to subscribe to the magazine. Follow us all over social media at Cigar Snob Mag and send any feedback you might have via social media or email at feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. That is all. Goodbye. Later. Later.